the Desert Island Discs with Flavia on Capital FM. Fresh hits for Uganda. Welcome to Desert Island Discs. I'm Flavia Tumusime and it's always a pleasure having you every single Sunday. We have so many great profiled shows and if you've missed any in the past, we're on podcasts anywhere you get podcasts as Capital FM Uganda and you can catch up. Well, you know that question we always have? I wonder what it's like to be born as part of the royal family. Or I wonder what it's like to be born as a son or a daughter of a president. Hmm, I guess we might get the answer today. Our conversation will span not just being the first daughter of a president, but also her life. She's a creative. She owns Isaiah 60 Productions, now into film, but mostly documenting the story around her father, who's the president, but also the struggles of Uganda and leadership and politics and the stories that don't get to be told. Um, when you ask her, she describes herself as an African. Meet Natasha Museveni Karujiri, the first daughter of President Yori Museveni, the president of Uganda. Welcome to Desert Island Discs. I need to ask, have you been on the show before? No. So this is the first. It's my first time. You you actually don't do that many interviews. I try not to. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel that unless there's something I really need to say, but generally, no. So how we start the show, I ask Mm. my guest to go in their childhood. Mm. Anywhere. Throw us there, and that's where your story starts. My earliest memories are in Dar es Salaam. We were born in Tanzania, so... We lived in a, in a flat, and I have memories of that flat in my head. I just have, I see parts of the apartment, and mm. you know, I was talking about it recently with my family members, actually. I am someone who returns a lot to places mm. in my life that, that kind of, that meant something, or that, yeah, that where I spent a part of my life. I go back a lot to places, and that's one place I haven't managed to go back really? to. Really? And I really would like to. I was in Dar es Salaam about or just before Corona came, like mm. early 2020. And I just didn't manage because I think of traffic and all, I don't know, Dar es Salaam, the way it was at the time, I couldn't get a chance to find the apartments. Mm. But I would like to go back there. And are you I, very, very young at this point? Yes, I must have been maybe two. Whoa. Yeah. Good memory. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Only for two, I would have remembered anything. That, you know. I just remember... There was a thing called Junior Aspirin, which I liked so much. In my memory, it tastes like um, vitamin C, kind of. Oh, okay. Know? I was like, aspirin doesn't sound like something. I, I know. <laughs> I think it's Junior Aspirin, or it was something, but it was like vitamin Sweet. C. It had that tangy oh, taste, you know. Right, right. And they were orange little tablets. Oh. And I liked them so much. Strange memories like that. That's Making okay. my mother for medicine because it tasted so nice and, you know, just weird memories You're a different like child. that. Yeah. <laughs> While the rest of us Change threw our memories, medicine yeah. away, you mm. opted for it. Mm. You are the oldest of the girls, yes. but not the oldest. No, I'm yeah. the second born. You're the second born. Mm. So at that point, it's you. And my brother, Mahazi. Your older brother. Mm. I've heard you speak a couple of times. Actually, you and I were saying that we've probably chatted, but mm. never met, yes. which is odd. Yes. <laughs> You're very soft-spoken. Mm. You, you look more of an observant person mm. versus somebody who will easily just say whatever it is. Mm. Was this even that in childhood? Not at all. Very really? contrary, yes. I'm actually a very talkative person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I believe I'm quite chatty. And in our family, yeah. um, definitely the most talkative. No way. Yes, I am. And growing up, my older brother, he was a quieter person. Mm-hmm. He actually is a quieter person. He's a bit of an introvert. Which people might not believe. Yes, but he is, you know, yes. sometimes. So because I talked so much and I would frustrate him with my talking, 
and I had many words and um, you know and I would use all sorts of grown-up words I would hear my mom using you know to to like fight with him when he ran out of words when he couldn't ca- keep up with me yeah. yeah he would just give me one punch or two and then it would like you know I'm sorry you said <laughs> one punch me. yeah like he would have you know he like he, he would, I would just frustrate him yeah my constant you know questions and questions and jabs and talking a lot my mom said I, I never I kept quiet only when I was Wow. Yeah. Then after that came my younger sister, Patience, mm-hmm. who was also a really very peaceful child. Very, you know, two years later, our younger sister. Then, uh, of your parents, mm. because I, people say that we take from our parents, and mm. I used to say no to that until mm. I grew up, and in hindsight, I mm. became my father's child. Mm. <laughs> but um, do you see your character in any of the parents? I think I, I relate a lot with, with my, my father. Okay. In, in many regards. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm intrigued on your childhood because there's time you did an interview some time back mm-hmm. and I think people just get intrigued to ask you thinking you grew up in a different sort of life mm-hmm. versus everyone else mm-hmm. and you keep saying, guys, there's just like mom, dad, mm-hmm. just like a typical home. Mm-hmm. My perspective of it will never be different mm-hmm. from anyone else. Mm-hmm. But So I want to ask you from that mm-hmm. without the bias of mm-hmm. who your parents are mm-hmm. to just say what kind of family it was. Mm-hmm. When you were growing up, what mm. kind of influences, mm. how you viewed your parents? Mm. <laughs> because it might have taken you a long time to understand what they, or maybe your dad was doing. Mm. Um, let's say for a living, even some of us, you know, mm. you, you grew up and you said that is going to work. Yes. It only registers later. Mm. What exactly that yes. is going to do yes. at work? Yes. What was that like? For us, by the time we were really like understanding, mm. say by the time I was about four or five, our father was no longer so much in the picture. And it was our mom, which was almost like a single mom, you know, for a few years. What we knew about our father is that he was in Uganda, that there was a, a war, and that he was, you know, leading some form of resistance. At and four or five, you were told no, this? No, at four, <laughs> when we were very little, we, he just wasn't there. Okay. And um, my mom just did whatever she could to cope, you know, any kind of business she could. When we were in Kenya, she had some support, I think, from the ex- external wing of the yeah. National Resistance Movement. There was a lot of struggle. So, um, no, we didn't know. But what we knew is that we, were, we had our mom, we had a, a, an aunt. We lived with uh, her young cousin okay. called Alice. It was us. Just us and you know, but when you're kids, you don't even understand. For example, how is she coping? You don't think about any of that. I stuff. know when you use the word coping, I'm yeah, like, you don't. Yeah, you don't. You don't know that your mother is struggling. You don't know any of these things. You yeah. know, as long as you have food and you're going to school, you know, for you everything is fine. And until you catch, maybe you see something. You see your mom crying, or you see. Then you think, oh, what's Why that? Why is she what, unhappy? What's, what's, that? what's mm. the problem there? But for the most part. It's only with the privilege, really, of hindsight that you think, I just can't imagine. How no? she did it. Yeah, how she did it. Now, having grown up, gotten married myself, had children, mm. is when I begin to think, how did she do any of it? You know, how did she go through those? Was she the type of mother who be very stern and firm because I'm doing this alone for the most part? In some regard, she was strict generally. Even after, it's not like, it's not like after liberation, what she, when... Mzee entered the picture again, she changed. Relaxed. No, no, no. She was a, a strict parent, and I, we, I always thank God for that, because my father's a bit different, so I think we needed it. Mm. 
There are times I remember. Cause this I was is what quite, Sweden. This is Sweden. I was yeah. quite naughty. I think I once threatened to call the police if she, if she gave me You weren't a teenager yet when you moved woke, to No, I was not. I was just a dot and I was really, I think, irritating. I can imagine. <laughs> you were irritating but willing to call the police. <laughs> yeah, I willing to call the police because I might hear children talking about it at school. That's true. So I thought I can try. Child's rights. And she gave me the phone. She said it's right here. They might still have to come home after that. So... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you didn't make the call. No, I didn't. Of course <laughs> not. I was, I'm an intelligent African child, so Good. I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and for school, how was the school life? Because then you were in Dar es Salaam and you had to move. School wasn't in one place. No. The experience kept changing. we were young, so, we didn't go. so when we were here, we started in Kampala Kindergarten. And then, of course, in 1981, we had to leave and went to Kenya. So there again, we went to nursery and then the young classes, P1, P, you know. Those early classes. Yeah. Then somewhere like I don't know, two three years later, we had to, we went to Sweden. Then we had to, and then we were again still we were still in primary school. Right. And you, but you have to learn the language. But you know the way God does things. Children are special because you just adapt. Could you keep friends? I never even bothered actually making friends when I was, uh, you know, going through the there. different no, places. No, I didn't. I would just go to school and come home. Wow. My friendships are mostly my siblings, you know. Mm. Mm. The good friends I made even in exile were Ugandans, like who maybe lived in the same area as we did. And, you know, when we came back home, I, you know, like how you just know that you're back among your own people. Something just changed in mm. me. It was just like a peace and I was able to make you friends relate. at school. Yeah, mm. being able to be open at school. And, mm. you know, so. At what age do you believe the settling mm. back home, mm. home, home? Happened. And that was back in the 80s. It was also a bit of like a shock because we had settled in Sweden and there, like, they don't really discipline me. I don't know what form of discipline, aside from the one we got at home, mm-hmm. which was Chiboko proper, you know. <laughs> no way. Yes, of course. On, on, I think I'm the one truly who received it. I don't know that others received it, but. Um, <laughs> you, you received yes, it. Yes, you received it. But my mom was stern. I mean, you, you didn't cross the boundaries, you know. So, but at school, you could just, there was no stopping you from anything. And I think my mom, I imagine she used to worry, and she has said it before, that she used to worry that, oh my, like, will their teenage years find them here? Like, oh, like. So when we came back here, and the first day back at school, and they were seeing the teachers, like, using, I don't know, this meter ruler to <laughs> beat the children, and I was like, I that really set me straight. All the silliness and naughtiness and all the rainbow things in me just kind of died there. Give me perspective. When you return, you're returning also to your father yes. now having come into power. I think mm. I said it like that. You understood clearly at that age mm. what it meant for dad to have taken over power. Did you? Um, you know, like I had said, he'd been out of our lives for many years. So what happened is I have my books. I wrote it in my book. I share this experience a lot. What happened is, before the end of the war, he, he came to Sweden because I think he was on his way somewhere and just showed up at, the, at our flat. We were not very comfortable with Africans we didn't know because we knew that somewhere in Africa, like our dad is up to something, he's, you know, fighting someone and there are enemies to him. Yes. He has enemies. So aside from the people we knew, if you bump into another African, you'd be a bit like, mm. who is this, you know? So this man shows up. He, he didn't look anything like what... I remembered. Because it had been a while. It had been a while. Yeah. In my memory, he was like a light-skinned person. <laughs> he showed up. The person showed up. He was very dark. Yeah. Anyway, so a bit of a story there. But yeah. eventually, um, we get to know this is, this is him. This is our this dad. Is dad. Yeah, this is our dad. And, and he was wonderful because he's really just a, an incredible human being. And, mm-hmm. he, you know, he brought like 
you know, some new life to all of us, to my mom, to uh, all of us. Then, after a while, he disappears again. By that time, there was a lot of interest in us, all of a sudden, from the, I don't know, reporters and things. Mm. So we knew definitely that there's something happening and there's something about him and about what they're doing. We began to understand that this they've been fighting is coming to an end and you know we may be able to go back yeah. but for us home was like what you know we, were, we had <laughs> become comfortable home, yeah. yeah we had become comfortable as children so when the time came to come back to Uganda it was what for us it was more like you're going back to your, your dad you're going to be with your dad you know ah. yeah, together and that was the greatest blessing mm. because at that time where we lived in, in, the, in Entebbe the office was at the home so you know you'd see what he does you'd see the people coming the, right. the leaders so we knew that okay this is what he does he's the leader and he, you know and he works the what's things. your first song choice my first song choice is actually my wedding song Oh yes, uh, the song we danced at our wedding, Edwin and I. It's the prayer by Celine Dion and Bocelli. Um, yeah, Bocelli. Oh, and, uh, I was like, that's the version. Yes, that's <laughs> <one>. yes, <laughs> beautiful yeah, song. Bocelli.
Desert Island Discs, I have Natasha Museveni Karujide. And your first song choice actually is a favorite of mine too. Really? The Prayer, Andrea mm -hmm. Pacelli mm -hmm. and Celine Dion. That's yes. the, also the version. Yes. I was, there's one by Yolanda Adams, which is not that bad. Mm. And Donnie McClurkin, mm. that's the one. Yes. And that was your first, the song, you, which was your first, your yes. first dance yes, first on dance. your wedding yes. day. Yes. Well, we'll get there. You okay. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we're mm. now, you've settled back home. That's mm. where your story was. You're now able to observe and mm. see, okay, there's a bit of a difference. Mm. But now this is home. Mm. And home meant dad. Mm. I can see dad a lot mm. more and experience that a lot more. Mm. I want to move more away from your parents to now define mm. you as mm. a person. Mm. Whether it was going to school and now, because you're not moving that much anymore. Mm. You're, you're not moving yeah, at all, yeah, actually. Yeah. So now you're able to settle into school, mm. into interests, into mm. friends. Mm. What did Natasha become? Coming home, it just opened me up. So now I was able to just be me wherever I, you know, at school, mm. I, made, I made friends. Many of them are still my friends and sisters oh. today, you know. Yes about interests and things, I think that had started even when I was younger, even, even actually even when I was in Sweden, because like I told you I go back a lot, so I went back to my school where I had gone oh, to nice. in Sweden yeah. actually I was at university when I went back there and uh, I met one of the teachers who was still there, and he said, I remember you, you were always drawing, even in class, you know, you were always drawing like clothes and fashion and things like that, even, even, during, your, even during our classes, you know, and I said, ah, that's very interesting, I said, because I'm, I'm actually at university now and I'm studying fashion, design and marketing and things, you know, and, and um, so I think that had already come out, yes. like even in my earlier years, so even when I was at school in Kampala Parents, I was in the drama club, I was doing art, you know. So you don't get this thing from parents where you must either be back then in the days to add pilot to the pile. <laughs> it was lawyer, doctor, yeah. you know, you didn't mm. get that from your parents? No, I didn't. They were, they were very um, open. They to were very open mm. to this day. I am actually more like that than, than my own parents. Well. Yes, than my own parents. Mm. Yes, even up to now, like now, you know, a mom and when I'm asking my, my parents for advice about my children, you know, <laughs> what, should they, what do you think, what do you recommend, you know, they're strong here and strong here. And my dad will always say, let them do what they like. You're like, I'm not strong like, enough to... I'm like, I don't know, you know? <laughs> you were brave to yes, let me. I know, you were really brave to let me. And the truth is, by the time I went into fashion, and it was quite difficult. It wasn't something that was even here. Uh, no, we didn't have it here, but even when I came home to set up and everything, it was a really... In fact, it's only now, I think, beginning to, to take blossom, root, yeah, yeah, to blossom in, uh, in Uganda, as in the, the fashion industry. When you say I'm a fashion designer in Uganda, mm. we know what it means now. Yes, we know what Back it means now. Uh, but also, it makes, it's beginning to make business sense, mm. you understand? Oh, yes. But then it was really very difficult in terms of doing the business, the idea. Mm. It was all like just so foreign. And then, of course, the, the fact that Amir was going to study, it was really like, are you serious? Like, there must have been someone in the family who told your mom, but honestly... <laughs> And we have a conversation. <laughs> well, I'm sure they probably did. Yeah. 
<laughs> but uh, she was on board and so was my dad but I know others who are like really? Mm. Like, me, that's what you mean? like what is that? What, is it? what does that Fashion. mean? Yeah, you yeah. know? Mm. So. You are creative I am. because I always say, don't just say fashion. Mm. If you like to, you mm. know, pick on writing mm. yeah. and all of that, that's yeah. a creative at yes. heart. Yes. So I'm glad that they were very open to it. You go away and study it mm. and then come back, mm. but still decide, mm. despite the fact that it's a virgin land mm. and nobody mm. has done it, mm. I would like to have a fashion house. Mm. Well, I was a young idealist, <laughs> and uh, I had the option of staying away and working for a while, like at a, you know an established fashion right. house and things like that. But I wanted to come home. So okay. I came home and I had this dream of like, you know, why don't we dress ourselves as Africans, you know, so if we could have less of the, of the second-hand market, for example, and have more of our own uh, uh, affordable clothes, you know, that has been my dream. I'm very, very encouraged to see it beginning to, to take root mm-hmm. in the younger generation. We are really able to do it so and, and making our own clothes our own design using our own fabrics but then it was a really it was a just very difficult thing to break into growing up did you get that where people would have an obvious bias mm. because of your last name regardless of whether they got to know you or not even if it was for your business yeah definitely like in the business people were um afraid yeah they were afraid interesting <laughs> yes they would say things like how oh, is it like can you even go there can you reach there there must be soldiers you know ah. things like that yeah so that i think that, that was the that were there soldiers in the store no there were no soldiers it was like you'd walk in and you know but but it's just a, like a preconceived mm. this notion that the, if it, I don't know I can't explain a perception it. that yeah. we mm. can't enter yeah you won't be able to enter so so that, that, those were some of the challenges for sure but, but then was that the ambition to grow the fashion line and that's yes, where you of course wanted I wanted to. to grow the fashion line I would have loved to but like I said I think marketing was not and even if for example even if maybe I wasn't such an outgoing person in terms yeah. of the town I could have still gotten you know a marketing person to you know to do it yeah to do it and so i think like i like i said i i for me i acknowledge that it was it, it has it is not a str- business and marketing are not really a very strong suit of mine i i think i've i have kind of like how you accept that my this is my strength i mm. am um i am an an art inclined person i love yeah. the, the the art of it i love um a lot of things related to art, um, like now film, for example, where mm-hmm. and writing and things, which are, those which don't involve other people, like I can do it on my own somehow. Although, let's be honest, mm. you have really, truly mm. come out of the shell. I am also, it has been how many years? I've grown. <laughs> <laughs> like, as in, you grow, when you grow, you become, I don't know, you just come out of your shell mm. more. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Over the years, when, you know, the political landscape started to change, mm. mostly because of your father's decisions to allow um, things like multi-party system mm. and, and you know, difference of opinion to be mm. as loud as mm. possible, mm. Um, a lot of opinions form, a lot mm. of politics, mm. the landscape we have mm. today has been mm. growing over mm. time, you know. The opinions that are formed, some countries would, would judge us for mm. having opinions mm. in mm. politics. Were you not saying, not like it's a family business, mm, mm. but it's an interest the family has. Mm. It's kind of like if I have 10 engineers in the family, mm, mm. I'm bound to know the, mm. the math and mm. some of the things. Mm. Never an interest at in, that point? In politics? Yeah. Mm. For me, mm-hmm. not that I'm not interested in politics. Mm. I am interested in politics. I'm interested in, but what I mean is that for me, what I see my parents doing, I don't see it as politics. I see it as service. Right. And 
and sacrifice. Uh, this is my genuine belief. I believe it takes a lot of sacrifice to do that kind of work. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I have that in me, that um, selflessness. Because me, that's what I've seen of my parents. I've, I've grown up seeing it. I saw it with my father. My mother has been serving even before she joined politics. She has been serving Uganda in, in her different capacities whether it's rural women, whether it's the orphans, in whatever capacity she has served. Then when she joined politics, it just became like, it was multiplied, you know? Mm. It was multiplied. That's honest, though, for mm. you to say, I see what they're able to give. Yes, no, that's the truth. And I'm... Yeah, it's, for me, that's what it is. So, it's, so what I'm saying is I do follow politics in my own way, but... Um, you wouldn't give... You don't I don't. You I don't to think. Give as no, much. I don't think I do. So and also, I like. I like my peace. <laughs> I like my peace. Are you trying to say that the job doesn't come with peace? No. You have to have a really thick skin, or you must be so dedicated to the calling that you take anything. A lot of stuff that you would not ordinarily. You know. I don't know. When you mentioned that your first song choice was from you and your now husband's, mm. you know, wedding. Mm. But you got married, mm. what they would be termed young? Yes, yes, young, okay. Yes, in my world, I was 24. Yes. Okay. That was young. <laughs> we were 24. It was almost like we were university-ish. Yes, a few, like, maybe, uh, finished at 20, no, about three years after uni. Because you just fell in love and you just wanted to do it? Fell in love. Yeah. Um, we were friends. We had known each other oh, since okay. we were in our teens. Um, his parents and my parents right. were friends, but he lost his parents. Edwin lost his parents when he was in, in his teenage years. So we were very close. Yeah, so that by the time he was through with uh, the university, with his degree, I was done with my degree, and then he had done finished with LDC, mm -hmm. and our relationship had just kept growing. Right. How many children do you have? We have four children. Four children. Blessed by God with four children. Blessed mm -hmm. with four children. Mm -hmm. Is that your most fulfilling role? I believe. Something I, I desired so much, oh. and then God was so gracious and, and blessed us with our children. I have enjoyed every season of... We're still in the parenting, <laughs> you know? Yes. But, um, but you have teenagers now. Oldest is 21. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I guess that's why you're telling us to start early. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Oh, this is 21, and then, then the other, well, she's going on 22, he's going on, the, oh, the other boy, the boy is going on 20, the, the other one's going on 16, and the little one is going on 11. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. Your husband is actively working. Mm. He's a lawyer, yeah. but he's actively working with your father. Mm -hmm. How? He's the, he's the, I think he's a lawyer for the movement. Perhaps. Yes, but um, because One of where them. I come from, mm. it's family separated. You know? mm. My people do my, their mm. thing, mm. your people do mm. their thing. Mm. It, it feels like conflict of interest mm. if I found my husband really? working even with my brother. It really? would be like, oh God. Really? Yeah. It doesn't feel that way for you? No. Because I mean, I think it's the right and natural thing. Really? Hmm. I believe in our cultures, when you, when you marry into a family, mm -hmm. you become a, a child in that yeah. family. Yeah, so. Why I said you blossomed and you mm. came out of mm. your shed is that mm. now mm. everyone turned and they're like, wait, we see more of her. Mm. She speaks to us a lot more. Mm. She shares a lot mm. more. And mm. she's even by her father's side mm. a lot more. Mm. Albeit your own way mm. of, of being into mm. politics. Mm. But you said you grew up and. Mm. maturity you know just mm. you chose to do it mm. but you've deliberately chosen mm. how you've shown 
to the public. Mm. Let's start with the first dream, the mm. baby, House mm. of Kaine. Mm. That's also changed. Mm. Where is it now? House of Kaine, uh, well, eventually what happened is I shut it down for a period. Somewhere along the way when it, it was really struggling. I had two young children. Mm. It, I was struggling trying to do both. So I thought, let me just leave it for now. If it's something I meant to do, I will... I'll pick it up again. It. Yeah, I'll pick it up again. So I did that. Of course, on the side, you see your, your for example, farming for me. I'm a cowgirl, basically. Like really? I, I, well, I uh, first found you at the farm. You'd be very comfortable and very. Oh, I love the village. I love um, the farm. I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are your father's child. <laughs> <laughs> I'm most comfortable out of town, for sure. Yeah. Mm. Since I was actually young. Um, so patience convinces. Yeah. Me so she convinced maybe. me to Leah, yeah, let's let's do this again, and you know we do it together because she's more business savvy than I am. Right. Uh, yes. And of course she has so much on her plate because Patience is almost like a full-time actual farmer. She's a pastor. As what's a pastor? Yes, right. yes. She's a pastor. She's of course a wife and mother and all those things. So that's, what, that's how we, we, we brought it, revived it, rebranded it. So she wanted it. to do the business end of things and you yes, stay the creative yes, yes. on the designs. Mm. And I did remember those are revamped times. Yes. So that, uh, that was now 2013 I yeah. think around. So we rebranded and you know started all over again. Uh, Jay and Kenny Bavazi. Yes. Yeah. Although somewhere in my heart, I always feel like I'm I'm waiting for one of our children to come and just pick up the baby yeah. and go. Yes, <laughs> pick up with move with that because they are. I think they know my daughter, my firstborn, is very 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 gifted in art mm-hmm. and also extremely business savvy. Good. Yeah, which is a blessing. I definitely doesn't get that from me. Sure, <laughs> you know. So um, yeah, I, I think I'm some. I'm waiting for her to come. Have you talked to her about? Yes, I have, okay. and she's very. Whenever she's home on holidays, that's what some what what she does. You know, she aside from her other life, she helps with that. She's mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm, I I have hope in that. So as for now, we just keep moving. You you keep it. You sort of yeah, just yes. keep it <laughs> yes. for her. <laughs> that's understood. Mm. So then you have the writing. Mm. You're an author, mm. um, isn't it? Two books now? Yes, I wrote a children's book. I was meant to follow it up. It's meant to be a series, but somehow I just don't know what happened there. <laughs> I ought to follow up on that because yes. when I wrote that children's book, I, my children were young and I, you know, I wanted to, I wanted them to see books where they can relate to the characters. Mm-hmm. So that's why I wrote the first book, which are, which are folk tales. I wanted to write one for boys and that's what I, that should be my next project really because the stories are there. So it's just to illustrate them and, you know. Mm-hmm. Tell. So now that you've said it, you can't then not do Right, that's right. To it, so then of course, your next was it time for me to write? I, I yeah, I believe so. That one I felt like it was God, kind of. I, I feel like it was the Lord who, um, I know when I say these things, when people like me say these things, people it, cringe, I, no, yeah, cringe and must think that that sounds so off or strange, <laughs> you know. But for those who pray and who hear, who have yeah. learned how to hear God's voice. Yeah. I, I know, I believe that you, we do, we have the ability to hear him. So I believe that he is the one who led me to write my story this time. Mm-hmm. And before I wrote it, I was, but I'm still young, you know, I kept saying. That's what I'm saying. Yes. There's so much more. Exactly. I kept saying, is it, you know, shouldn't I wait? I don't have that much, you know, but I just felt like, no, this is, you just write it. So I did. And I really loved it. I loved the process of it. Right. Mm. And then there's film. Mm. I was actually quite surprised. Mm. I think you launched a production mm. company. Yeah. Um, and I said, hmm, mm. this, this is a much more aggressive mm. <laughs> industry mm. than mm. fashion or mm. anything else. Mm. Well, why was the choice to do that? Again, 
my same answer is that I believe that it was the Lord's leading. Mm. Yes, I believe it was the Lord's leading and I believe it was, and that telling of stories is so important for me, I feel as Africans, I feel it's so important for us Africans to tell our stories through any me- medium that we can find, whether it is writing or or film or you know music. Or, or music or, or, or pictures or whatever. I feel it's very important for us to tell our stories in our voices. So that's how Isaiah 60 was born. Mm-hmm. Isaiah 60 is, of course, a scripture. is a <laughs> chapter in the Bible that talks about, it says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory mm-hmm. of the Lord is risen upon you. What it means to me is that it, I believe that the Lord wants us as Africans in this time to tell our own stories, to stop being talked about. Mm-hmm. Because Africans have been talked about for so long, for so long they talk, they've talked about us and, and kind of made a narrative about Africa. Have we been misunderstood? So I don't know if, if the people who wrote those things misunderstood us or if they portrayed us the way they see us, their own perception, you see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So now I, it's, it's high time that we speak for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So that's how that was born. I wrote the script exactly, then, then one of the younger people made it into a screenplay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that story was uh, 27 guns. guns. Yeah. Is this a particular story that, because I mean, there's so much about your father you mm-hmm. could have. Mm. handpicked but this mm. is a story you wanted to tell mm. I know you've said a couple of times and I think he's mm. shared why this mm. was very important to mm. you mm. did you go to him and pitch and say this is what I'm picking out of you <laughs> your story and I'm going to do this 27 guns so 27 guns is the story of the NRA NRM which I believe is such a very big part of our history and, 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 and has shaped our region it's a very big story so I struggled to know how to tell this story. It has many parts. Yeah, it has many parts, and it involves many people. Mm-hmm. So um, initially, what I would have wanted, and what I, I pray that someone would be able to do, maybe, oh God really, perhaps I'll do it to someone one day, is uh, what I had wanted originally was to, to have like a mini-series where you are um, focusing on different characters in this story, you know, because it's a very big story, mm-hmm. and, and, and everybody's story in it is like, just who gets to tell the real story? Yeah, because if there's so many people, yeah, so if you, many, get, many if you, you know, parts. of course, the point is that the thing would be to have integrity and tell, be given authority by different individuals mm-hmm. and say, yeah, you can tell my story and you can yeah. tell my story and tell it with integrity, yes. you know. But what I'm saying is that there were so many people involved in the, in, 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 uh, in the liberation who were led by Mze. But everybody there has like some incredible story. How did they get to this place? How did they, what propelled them and, and all this. So it's just an incredible story. So now I had to pick an aspect of that indeed, you know. It was not difficult. But of course, even at that time, I had people saying, if it were me making mm. a story about Mze, I would have told it from this angle. I would have told it from this angle, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Did you share with, with Dad, this is the story I'm telling? Yeah, I let him know. I let him know at some point that I'm going, I'm going to try and make this into a film. Mm. And he said, yeah, great. <laughs> I, you know, I think he was just like, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you do you, you know. <laughs> And um, then as I began to go back to him and ask him, oh, you know, what happened here? Give me, please give me details right. about this. And that would always take him back. Uh, that's where he began to go back into his memory and think, you know. We noticed in the last, or leading up to the last election, mm. that you played a very close role in, mm. I don't know if you intended to, maybe mm. now you can tell me, mm. in changing um, how we see him, mm. how we see the president. Mm. You hear people say he's a father mm. and all of that, obviously. Mm. <laughs> we can see his children, we know mm. he's a father, mm. but the politics of it mm. for the rest of us mm. might taint that. Mm. You had a role right beside him where mm. it was just to show 
little snippets of him. Mm. The other life, mm. we're like, oh, we forget he's mm. human. Mm. Was that intentional on your part? I know it wasn't. Mm. I think for me, like any child, I, I think I really, um, I really love my parents very much, and I think more so because I think for me, I have that access to see what many people don't see, aside from those who work with them, mm-hmm. to see. Another thing, I'm a very emotional person. I cry very easily. Mm-hmm. So to see to see their dedication, you know. So I th- for me, I just I love them so much, and I wish. And I think sometimes I hear him say things, and I think, oh my gosh, he's mm. he's so wise. He's so you know. I wish I wish pe- I wish I could share this with people, you know. Mm. So that's where it was coming from. And again, he's of course quite funny. So. Um, that's where it was coming from. That's where it was coming from. I remember, I think I was sitting in his camp, in the, one of the campaigns, and I just kept hearing him say, for us, for us, for us. And I just thought, oh my gosh, you know, I need to get him to say this right, you know? So that's how, that, that's how it all yeah, began. Because only you could hear that he was yes, saying it. Yeah, different. because many people know, of course, that, that his generation speak like that, you know? Mm. Him, I remember him, I think, on other people would say, for us, for us. So I thought I need to get this on camera. So I had to find how to phrase the question so that he can, you know, ask, say, say, yes. say the word. And, and I got it. And then he was like, ah, uh-uh, just, you know, leave me. Eh? <laughs> so that was a genuine yeah. moment. Mm. In fact, one of the things, I think people even fear to tell him secrets because he'll go on the microphone and he'll kind of say it. He'll wow. say, I was so-and-so and they said this, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Eh? He's just a very open person. So I don't think that we don't know him. But for me, I feel like we don't appreciate him. He's very unique, very um, unique way of seeing things of, of going deeper whenever you ask a question he never gives you the surface answer he'll always take you back mm-hmm. put it in context in, in historic context of like Africa of, you know mm-hmm. the bigger context all the time you know what's your next song choice my next song choice um, would be I based them on my babies the children songs so my firstborn is uh, very one of the most pan-African people that I know she came out of the womb like pan-Africanist <laughs> She's the one who got me into African music and mm. Afrobeats and, and all this because everything right. about her is just like African. Mm. Why can't we do this? And you know, she'll say things like, You were talking to that person, why did you change the way you were speaking? And then I'd be like, I didn't. And yeah. she'll say, You did. And then I have to. Then she's just made me so aware of so many things that mm. I, I was never aware of. And she's like my child. So mm. she fascinates me a lot. So um, she told me of a song called Monday Night by Sunel City or something like that. I don't know what his name is. I don't know. Yes, Mandy Naya. Yeah. She's teaching both of us. I yes. <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> but we'll so, find it. Okay. Great stuff.
Desert Island Discs and uh, your Pan-African child mm. <laughs> has uh, shared a song that I think you and well, I'm hearing for the first time, <laughs> Mandy and I, maybe even the listeners. Mm. Your description of yourself on Instagram, mm. Mm. the profile, mm. it says Africa. Yes. That's not small. Mm. When someone chooses out of the many things mm. they could use to describe themselves, mm. they just say Africa. Mm. What does that mean to you? I tell people from time to time that when I used to watch movies or, or talk to people foreigners and they would say and I'd hear them talk about you know he speaks African and mm-hmm. things like that or you go to different places and they, and, and they would they refer to you as you know as African before I, I remember before I would you want to say no I'm Ugandan what does that mean African you, you, I'm Ugandan you know Africa yeah. Is a, is, yeah it's yeah, so big it's Africa big. is a continent Uganda I'm, me I'm from Ugandan and then again when you come to Uganda even in Uganda this is where I come from and then you know I, I just then with time I began to think why do we as Africans keep why do we break ourselves away all the time why are we the world the world sees us as Africans but we say no I'm not I am Ugandan and even from in Uganda from Western Uganda even from you know mm. why do we go Break why are we down. the ones that keep breaking ourselves into smaller 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 little groups huh? why don't we which is what I believe they and the NRM um, government has been trying to achieve I believe which is that oneness of like of being African like now when Zay talks about this market is not enough we need bigger markets we need to come together you know we need to come together basically general for so many things for as a, as identity in our identity for economics for so many things you know for, for strength you know how there's strength in numbers so so i began to just um prefer to to identify as african i, well, I am african but mm-hmm. just to let that be how i see myself and what i say about myself okay mm-hmm. what is um probably a milestone that you look back and and and, and see in as far as the country changing what a milestone of, about us as a people mm. i think for me what i what makes me happy in my heart is when mm. i see ugandans united on something when we unite as ugandans behind one thing whether it's sports mm-hmm. or um, or anything when i see us united and that i find that that's that for me warms my heart mm-hmm. so i don't know if that's a milestone yeah. or i don't know no it is because mm. were we always that way i feel like ugandans are becoming a bit more proud to be ugandan mm. so that's a big deal also because i know growing up it was not like a thing or maybe now I don't know if social media makes it more easy to see. More visible. Yeah, more mm. visible, perhaps, yeah. 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 Your brother is into politics, and which is 
like you said in the beginning, people mm. misunderstand and they think he's a bit outspoken. Mm. And you said you're more of an extrovert than he is. Uh, definitely. Which I, is I shocking. Yeah. But oh, he, at least growing up. Yeah. Any difference now? No, because you see, he took the route of, of joining the army. He joined the army when he was young. Mm. And already that, I think that charts the path that you take. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are many things he, he deprived himself of, actually, I think, or, or that's how he saw it. He, he, you know, he was very strict on himself mm-hmm. about many things, many, many on things. Himself, on himself. On himself, you know, he would say, oh, let's go do this. And, you know, he'd be like, he really was very strict on himself. And already his nature is actually, that's more of his nature. He's, he's a, a thinker. He's a, he's a thinker. Mm-hmm. He's a, he, I, don't, I think he's read all the books that I can. He was always reading, you know, so... Um, yeah, so no, no, I was just saying he, you talked about politics, but I believe he went the way of the army. For me, that's how I see it. Huh? Is there a world, of course, now that intentions or conversations have been had, is there a world where you'd actually see him, knowing him, mm. personally knowing mm. him, where you'd see him as a leader? With all the sacrifice you've talked about, mm. and what it takes mm. to be in that role, would you mm. ever see him in that role? As a, as a, as leader. a leader. He is and has been a leader in the army. Yeah. He's quite brilliant, you know, in the army. And uh, in terms of leading um, the country, I, I don't know. I, mm. I can't speak to that. I believe he probably has it in him. I think that's all I can say about yeah. that. Yeah. It, it, it sounds like I'd wish he wouldn't. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know? it, it takes. It takes. It takes a lot. Yeah. It takes a lot. But you know, who knows God's plans about? I don't know. Mm. The path that he's mm. supposed to lead. Mm. What's your third song choice? It doesn't even have to be about your brother. <laughs> the, so, the song. Yeah. Um, um, no, the song now is about my my, my other child. Oh, my two dead best of my babies. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's based on for my second son. He's a very cerebral person. You know, he's a very deep thinker. Mm-hmm. Uh, very peaceful man. So he recently actually the one who pointed this song out to me. Okay. And he's also a very prayerful person. All my children are actually very prayerful. Thank God for that. But he just brought, brought this to my attention recently. It's called, I think it's called Holy Spirit by Stormzy. You listen to Stormzy? Wow. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I'm telling you where it's coming from. Yes, it's from him. Mm-hmm. Good. If you need a pressure, the pressure on my shoulders. Father, help me hold this Cause I can't bear the pressure If you need a burdens The burdens are so heavy But Lord, you made me ready To carry on my burdens If you need a power The power that's inside me What's mine cannot pass by me Mighty God Almighty Fill me with your presence, Holy Ghost and Spirit. Father God, I found it. 
Lord, keep me surrounded Isn't it amazing That faith was all we needed To find the missing pieces Oh, I've been searching for my Jesus And I felt worthless You gave me peace and purpose Although I don't deserve it Although I'm far from perfect I need you to hold me close your presence, Holy Ghost and Spirit, Father God, I found it, Lord, keep me surrounded, Holy Spirit, I don't know what this is, it's a dream, it's a feeling you give. Holy Spirit by Stormzy here on Desert Highlanders, and uh, our guest is Natasha Mseveni Karujidi. Very, you surprise us when you say you are talkative, hmm. very soft-spoken. Also, I think the idea is that us with our bold voices, mm. those who are known to be more talkative okay. versus mellow, mm. calm voices. Mm. I don't, don't be deceived by Don't be deceived. <laughs> and you know what's funny? I'm an introvert. Really? Yes. It's just that when I speak, my voice is firm yes, and stern, yes. so people mistake it mm, for... Mm, yeah. But mm. um, you said growing up, your siblings were your friends. Mm. It's visible even now mm. that your siblings and you mm. are quite close. I'm not mm. sure if it's because of how the world is and how we all view mm. these are so-and-so's children. Mm. But you guys seem to have very unique, mm. strong bond. Mm. What are you taking off each other that mm. you know, just makes you even more stronger mm. as a sisterhood? Well, not to forget your brother as well. Our brother, of course, was the only boy that gave him some different experiences. Yes. And, and of course, he went to a different school. We went to the same school. My sister, oh. and, yeah, he went to Buddha and then Kisubi, and then we were in Namagunga, the three mm. of us. Although at different times, we, we shared so many similar experiences, and he, 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 he had a slightly separate ones. Huh? Mm. Growing up, aside from school, we were very much in, together, you know, so we didn't go many places. We didn't, like now, my children are always like, they're always like, trying to catch me in some lie, I think, that, you know, that, that I went, that, you know, that I did stuff. And I tell them that actually, no, yeah. we were really at home a mm. lot, a lot. Without like you must have gone to a party and you just... Yeah, and I really didn't. Yeah. yeah. I think the first party I went for, I was like about to leave university or something like that. So my big daughter is like, we to find that One lie. day that truth <laughs> shall come out. Yeah, but um, yeah, so I think we spent a lot of time just together and that that really just made us very close mm. very very close and when my mom gave her life to god really it changed a lot in our lives in that she um, even her herself she she interacted a bit less generally with people she would do her work and then um and then really just be at home with us you, you mean know? there's a point where janet Museveni was not a born again christian no it's, it, it's i know i know what you mean it's very hard to believe that yeah, yeah. <laughs> was there a difference in the person of course i mean she was of course a younger you know woman and she grew up in a home of baroque 
Mm. Her father and her mother were very strong Christians. Mm. She lost her father when she was seven years old. Then it was, when her father died, it was just her mother and her older brother and her. There were three. Then, um, and of course she had many cousins. When she was about 19 years old, she was living with her brother mm -hmm. and he died in a car accident. There were just the two of them in the house and he didn't come back. When her mother got to know, her mother said, well, maybe I had put him in the place of God. Now God has removed him so I can focus on God. And my mother told her mother that if that's the God you serve, then I don't know that I want to know him, you know. And her mother said, don't speak like that, don't speak like that, you know. I think it really, it really broke her. She kind of went away to Kenya with her cousin for a while during the, some rough years in the 1970s. And while she was in Nairobi, her mom died. So she was really just Somewhere along around there is where she meets Muse again, and then they marry soon after that. And you know, God bless them, how He blessed them. Mm. But um, yes, she, there was a time she was not so close to God. But in the very early 80s, when we actually just after liberation, she gave her life to God now, like fully, yeah, fully. And that changed our lives. Really. Uh, the reason I ask that is because that's all they know her I for, know, you know, yeah. her conversations about God. Yeah. And, your biggest role you enjoy to mm. celebrate and talk mm. about being a mom. Mm. You are right. Mm. Raising children today is mm. totally different mm. from how you were raised mm. and mm. how your parents mm. were raised. Mm. And you speak about your dad being a bit more mm. easy on mm. you guys mm. than mom was. Mm. When you start to raise your four children mm. and they're all different yeah. and you're in a different world. Mm. And add on to that, mm. you are who you are in our society. Mm. Are you raising them with fear? more than love <laughs> I pray not I hope I'm not but um, <laughs> I believe that God works with us in, in all the seasons of our lives mm -hmm. if you walk with him he's faithful to walk with you mm -hmm. to help you definitely sometimes I am I'm afraid I'm, I'm fearful of, of different things and I have to always it's like a balance you know it's a balance I, I always remember my own growing up mm -hmm. I remember when I went to university I remember the freedom I had I remember enjoying it and I, I never want my children to get to, to their mid-twenties and, and feel like they missed something mm -hmm. you know so um, yeah well there are a lot more happenings in Kampala these days <laughs> than there were like when I was young you know and but you said you weren't going out. You and your sisters were not going out. I wasn't going out, but I don't even think the things were, the activities, I don't think really in the late 90s. I don't know if, I don't know. Oh, you missed out. Maybe. Sure. <laughs> Maybe. Speak for yourself. Indeed. I think as uh, someone who grew up in the 90s thinking you're crazy. Really? Life was probably, you know, it was more fun, at huh? its peak. Hey, yeah. I, well, definitely <laughs> the other side of town. But, uh, <laughs> no, but also I think by nature I was, I mm. was just fine really at home. Even among my children, there are those who are like they, more outgoing, the, more, going more reserved. It's how God creates us, you know. So, um, yeah, finding the balance of letting people live, mm. but then the, for them to have the wisdom to know how to be safe, how to be um, wise, and you know, yeah. And also the time you grew up, mm. because one of the things that I'd probably be worried about if mm. I was in your shoes, mm. even if we knew Natasha mm. Museveni. Mm. We weren't necessarily having conversations around you mm, about our mm, thoughts about you mm, or your dad. Mm, 
today, mm. the schools they will mm. attend, mm. social media, mm. they're exposed to who their grandfather is mm. and everyone's opinion yes. of their grandfather. Yeah, social media more than anything, I think. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Um, are you conscious of that to sit with them and have that conversation? Whether you preempt it mm. or they bring it to you? Mm. Yeah, yeah, we do. We have really open talks with our children. They'll see something on Twitter, they'll see something on uh, wherever yeah, they see. In the papers. Yeah, in the yeah. papers, and you know, we'll talk about it. So yeah, we have, they're very, they're mature and you know, so we, we really do have open, honest conversations. Mm. What's your fourth song choice? The fourth song choice would be for my, my third child, my, mm -hmm. my younger daughter, whose taste in music is quite eclectic. Okay. And, and um, but she's like, her music is very so, quite old school, much older than her, because she's going to be 16, but so it would be <laughs> song by Ben E. King done by me. She has a beautiful voice, she sings, but oh. everything she sings is very, very soulful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When the night has come And the land is dark And the moon is the only light we'll see This is Desert Island Dis and that was Ben King and uh, the song is? Stand By Me. Stand By Me. Mm. And you've sort of said the songs will be dedicated or through your children mm. or stories of your mm. children. So that would be good to hear the last one. Mm. <laughs> how different mm. the last one is. Mm. Today when you know how they ask me what I do mm. for a living, mm. I can say communicator, mm. this is what I do. Mm. What What is on your plate right now? I think I would call myself a storyteller in, mm. if I were to try to describe yeah. what I do. Yeah, that's what it would be. I enjoy telling stories, or telling our African, African stories really. Mm -hmm. yeah. I feel there's so much beauty in the voice of our poetry and our literature. Mm -hmm. yes. That's another thing I think that came up somehow along the way when um, I was gathering old songs for, for my father, old traditional songs. Mm -hmm. And um, I just found myself going down another path once again of um, African storytelling through music. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that um, because I've always loved it. I've always loved the poetry, 
in in our like traditional music. Huh? Yes. Mm. And so Isaiah 60, 60. Mm. brought 27 guns. Mm. You're working on a documentary, I assume, through yes, Isaiah 60 yes, as well. Yes. Are we going to see the production house also do, you know, mainstream stories, you know, on a large scale? Because now the film industry or it's, mm. is really buzzing mm. in the country. Mm. Lots of talent. Mm. Are you going that down that road? I'm not sure yet. <laughs> I can't speak to the future. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just I hope we can keep telling our stories. I'm not sure in what, in which way and which format. Huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. but you're going to tell mm-hmm. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you are successful in life? I pray so. Not yet, surely. <laughs> still, I, I, I still have years to go. You're a good 25, so you still yeah, have right. a long <laughs> Many, uh, many years. For me, I think those are things you say, like, honestly, later in your life. Like, like 90. Are, yeah, I believe when you're older, when you can, you know, in the Bible, Jesus says, what was written about me in the book, in the scrolls, I have done. Mm-hmm. So for me, when I come to, I pray, a later part in my life, when I'm older, and I have raised my children mm-hmm. by the grace of God, and they are well and healthy and whole, and I have done the assignments God has given me to do, I can really look and take stock and say, Yes, I have succeeded. But I think I'm still like a work in progress. Can you look at a, a painting when it's still halfway and say that you have succeeded? Don't you need to first kind of So yours is still halfway? Yes, I believe so. You I believe think so. I'm genuinely a work in progress. You know, someone told me that you, mothers say that they're happy if their children are happy. Mm. And someone said that's actually wrong. Mm. You should find your own happiness outside of your children. And I said, okay, that can be very hard to mm. do. Mm. But is there such a thing? Would you ever set the divide and say there's this success that I could have on how my children have turned out and mm. what I've poured into mm. them? Mm. And there's this other side, which is Natasha, mm. and what I could point to myself. But even Natasha, well, that's what I'm talking about, the assignments that mm. God gives me. Yeah. I, I don't know that at this point in my life, I can say yes. I, I don't think that I, I, I am there yet. Mm. Mm. Well, it's been lovely getting to know you. Mm. Well, anything that you would want, not necessarily about yourself to mm. your people, mm. but I always ask for my guests to share their notes on what people can sort of take from your life, things that you've learned mm. along the way in life mm. that have shaped how you feel, mm. how you think, how mm. you see the world, the things that have made you better mm. that you would love to share with people mm. that could also help them mm. along any path or any point in their life. Whenever we're sharing about life or challenges or whether it's parenting, whether it's marriage, whether it's whatever it is, I always joke with my friends, I say, well, I wonder how I would do this if I didn't know God. I wonder how I would manage any of it without God because he's like the anchor of everything in my life. Right. Like when I come back to him, he like settles me and then he, I feel he gives me direction here mm-hmm. about even talking to my children, if it's my husband, whether it's my work, whether it's whatever it is, he centers me. Eh? He's the anchor. What's our <laughs> final song? <laughs> final song would be for my youngest. Mm. He has his own music taste. Now, my youngest is also very interesting. He's a young boy, and he's really quite an intellectual and also quite a thinker. Mm-hmm. However, I don't know what they call his music. I don't know the name for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is he listening to a bit of everything? No. What he does is when he's reading mm-hmm. or doing his um, artwork, mm-hmm. it is some kind of instrumental type of music he listens to. Mm-hmm. But I don't know the name of it. I tried to ask him, what is it called? Oh, yeah. yeah, but he said, it's 
home like Nintendo music or something like wow. sweetheart yeah mm. so there's just there's just like <laughs> there's some music he plays in the background right however if I were to pick a song yeah um, because me I like I love worship music and, I, and my, the worship music I like is very a bit slow mm. and quite emotive it's mm. just you know and he doesn't like it I think it makes him feel <laughs> down somehow you know mm. so the ones that he likes are uh, there's one he likes by um, Nathaniel Bassi mm-hmm. it's called Yeshua HaMashiach which means Jesus the Messiah mm-hmm. yeah by Nathaniel Bassi so that one he likes because it's a bit upbeat. I thought you were going to pick the one he doesn't like just no, 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 despite no, no, no. like come on <laughs> no I'll choose the one he likes of, of my worship music you know yes. of the praise and worship yeah it's, it's more so a bit slightly more it's upbeat yeah, yeah. 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 so he likes he like just I think he doesn't like the the heavy um, you know kind of thing like mm-hmm. hymns you know like how no, not hymns these are not hymns these are just they, they're very uh, emotive they just for me I, I like them because they bring out my you know I don't know but for him they make him I think sad mm-hmm. yeah so God bless yeah <laughs> yeah he's able to describe his feelings yes. that's good he just as in if I play the music he has to go to the next room wow yeah so when I play Nathaniel Bassi yes. he's, he's like happy. we can be yes. together yes. <laughs> Well, thank you for your time, thank Natasha. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Mm. And when the painting is full, please mm. come back and give us a moment to Amen. hear about we'll it. Amen. We'll be in our 90s. Yeah. No problem. Amen. <laughs> Amen to that. That's Desert Island Disc. You can get all the episodes, this and more, on podcast. Good night. Yeshua, Amashia, Lion of Judah. Akule chemba Yeshua Amashia Lion of Judah Akule chemba Yeshua Amashia Lion of Judah,